Hi, this is Alex Skolnick, and you're listening to Focus on Metal. Hey, Metalhead, Scott Thompson here, welcoming you to yet another edition of that which we call Focus on Metal. Can you believe September so far? The uh, the amount of great new releases that are coming out is just absolutely insane. Last Friday, you had the new Slash album. You had a brand new live album from Night Demon. Stay tuned later on this month to hear from uh, Jarvis all about that deal and the tour. You had a brand new orchestral Alter Bridge release and uh, not only a CD, but a DVD to go along with that as well. And also the long-awaited Metal Allegiance Volume 2, Power Drunk Majesty. And those last two releases are uh, tied pretty damn close to our two guests this week. First up, we will have Alex Skolnick. You guys know him from Testament, but of course, everybody also knows him as uh, one of the uh, main guitar players in Metal Allegiance. And he is on the line to talk to Richie all about power drunk majesty and how that whole thing comes together and as well rich is going to delve into a little bit of a testament history with him as well just couldn't resist getting a little bit of metal history in on you here this week on focus on metal and right after alex we'll be back on the line with mark tremonti he's been on the show uh, a couple times just like alex has and uh, of course alter bridge has their uh new orchestral dvd cd set out entitled live at the royal albert hall and of course that's featuring the parallax orchestra so mark will give us all of the details on that one and everything else going on in the uh, in the world of mark tremonti so with those two guests we definitely have a lot of guitar and metal talk to get through this week in fact we have got a lot of metal talk to get through just in the month of September, what do you say we uh, we get this thing rolling? Kick off by playing a track off of the brand new Metal Allegiance Volume 2 Power Drunk Majesty. As any longtime listener knows, John Bush is definitely one of uh, my top vocalists. And he just happens to be appearing on the brand new Metal Allegiance album on track two. A little track called Bound by Silence. Can't think of a better way to kick off this week's show. So with that, off of Metal Allegiance Volume 2, guest vocals by John Bush. This one's called Bound by Silence.
Hi, Ruthie. How are you? Sorry, Mr. Call. No, that's okay. That's okay. okay. So you um you on the East Coast? I am uh, back on the East Coast as of this morning. Yeah, I'm just outside of Boston enjoying the uh, 40 degree heat. Oh, yeah. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the questions I normally ask um, all the guitar players, uh, how many guitars do you think you have in your house? <laughs> uh, it's a funny question. It's hard to keep track, which tells you, tells you something right there. Yep. Um, I think I have close to 30. Okay. Um, and I have uh, more uh, outside the house. Like I have, uh, I have three right now that are with friends on the West Coast uh, or di- different places. If I need them, mm-hmm. they maybe send them. Um, I have a storage unit with a few. Um, I have some that stay in Europe. So if yeah, I think you. If, and I have some at a uh, rehearsal studio, uh, so I think if you add them all up, it's it's either forty or close to it. Wow! And is there a couple of them that you always keep at home because you write on those? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I tend to keep my vintage guitars at home. You know, they're fun to have around and I end up writing on, on those just because they're, they're always around. Okay. And like Les Paul, yeah, I have a couple Les Pauls. There's one Les Paul I have that has just, you know, I've used it on so many recordings and. Uh, I've done some very memorable gigs with it that, yeah, I don't want to take it out. I certainly don't want to fly with it. Yeah. What's the, um, what's the holy grail of guitars for you now, if you could get one? Uh, if I could get one? Yeah. Like the the one you've always wanted that you very rarely see it out there. Oh, uh, I mean, you know, I, I tend to focus on, uh, reissue guitars. Okay. Because, you know, I just feel like a guitar shouldn't cost as much as a house. <laughs> uh, so I have a I have a great uh reissue um telecaster. Okay. That actually plays it that I got in Nashville. I it plays so well. I liked it better than the uh guitars that cost the you know, the the real the real ones from the nineteen fifties that Costs you know over ten thousand um, uh, dollars. As far as a Stratic, I have a, a Stratocaster that I like, and it's I guess it's considered vintage because it's from the USA, and I, I guess I, I got it in the early nineties. But I've always wanted a, a real, yeah, you know, a real free free CBS Stratocaster. Okay, and those really cost an arm and a leg. <laughs> 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 They'll get you to board. Uh, it just doesn't make sense. And I'm sure I, you know, I could probably sell off half my collection to get one, but um, I'm not. It would be more as uh, you know a hobbyist because I'm not. I, I'm not. Um, the Strat isn't my main type of instrument. I'm really more of a Les Paul player. Okay, and I, I like to play the Strat sometimes, but you know, if I was really you know all about the Strat then I would find a way to get one. Yeah. What about amps? Do you collect amps? Uh, I don't collect them, but I have a couple that I've uh, 
I've come across that I thought, oh, you know what? I said, I need, I need this amp. Like I have a, um, a Fender, um, Vibro Lux. That's old school. And it just sounds so good. Um, I had, I had to get that. And I've used it on several recordings and I, you know, I kind of make it a policy. Like if I'm going to buy an expensive piece of gear, I need to use it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I have that. Um, I also give you know, my main, um, amp that I use is, is made by Buddha. And I have one particular, uh, Buddha amp that was made in uh, collaboration with Mark Nason, who's a boot designer. Okay. So it's like a, a leather amplifier. <laughs> so it's not only a great, you know, three channel tube amplifier, but it's also made of leather. <laughs> uh, so that, yeah, that, that doesn't tend to tour very often. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk a, l- a little bit, um, Alex, about the metal allegiance record, power drunk majesty. Sure. Um, who initially gets the ball rolling when it comes to getting the album started? Is there one of you guys that, that always starts it? Um, I would say you know, Mark Mangy, who is the uh, founder and the, like the brainchild of it. He's the instigator. Um, the rest of us, we're always up for it. It can be harder to um, hurt us. It's like hurting cats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, uh, yeah, because we're we tend to be um, yeah wrapped up in multiple projects. Uh, but Mark, yeah, Mark's a, he's a really good motivator. And he just yeah helps uh, helps us all kind of get focused on uh, possible time periods and strategies and uh, and stuff like that. But once you know, once the ball is rolling, then you know it's really a, a team effort. And we all, uh, yeah, we all contribute. Yeah. What about the label? Does the label ever put his foot down and say, look, let's get the second album done? Um, yeah, it was, I mean, it's a combination because, you know, uh, we're friends with, with the label. There, it, it, you know, it's not, there isn't this sense like they're the suits and we're the artists, you know, like nuclear blast is, uh, a label made of, uh, you know, folks that grew up going to shows, they're fans, they're people mm-hmm. you would see at the shows. Yeah. So there's really like a sense of um, being peers. And, uh, you know, they, uh, you know, it comes up in conversation. Sure. I mean, I'm sure at some point it came up, you know, so, you know, <laughs> number two, what do you guys think? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and that goes, Mark comes to us, you know, how, how are you guys feeling about doing doing another? When? If we do it, you know. And then that becomes, oh, yeah, let's... And then, you know, next thing you know, we're, we formulated a plan. But I have to say, I'm pretty impressed that we pulled this off because, you know, it's just... It's been a, a busy, very busy year for all of us in terms of not now just not just Metal Legions, but, you know, other... Other projects, yeah, we we found a way to really um, focus on it, and I think especially the uh, the second half, you know, because I, I sometimes if I 
compare it to uh, building a, a house or a structure. It's a little bit like, you know, we all uh, were there for the, the foundation mm-hmm. and the building. But then, like, the uh, the rising of the house, the walls and the roof, and stuff, that was more Mark and I and myself. And okay. we ended up being really the producers on this as well as players. Yeah. So, so Alex, what do you think was the biggest lesson you learned from doing the first album that you brought into this one? Um, you know, I, I've, uh, described the, we're all, yeah, we're, we're, we're all, uh, proud of the first record, but at the same time, I've often described it as an adventure because I think we, we didn't know, uh, what we exactly what we were getting into and once nuclear blast came on board and we had support yeah we had their blessing uh we realized we could just go in you know numerous uh, directions and get you know as many uh people as we could and we did i mean we uh, you know we had over two dozen uh folks and just a lot of moving parts and, uh, you know, many, uh, you know, some, a couple different songs with two vocalists as well as a different vocalist on every song. Um, you know, uh, quite a few guest soloists, one instrumental song with like a half a dozen guest soloists. Uh, so it was a big, big undertaking and it was, we're all proud of it, but I think, that, yeah, we knew we wanted to streamline uh, and focus for the next one. So this one has one vocalist on each track. Uh, there are three guest soloists <laughs> on, I think, four songs. And other than that, it's just us. So I think, yeah, personnel-wise and uh, that same... Uh, yeah, that's yeah, that same streamlining. It's a it's in parallel with the music. I think the music was a little more consistent. That was all. Yeah, we learned that from doing the first track. Yeah. Now, Alex, there's four core guys in the band, and you're all you're all very busy. Did did you have four guys ever sit down and discuss whether you would continue doing this if one of you couldn't do it for some reason? Um. Yeah. Yeah. We actually have. Uh, it's it's totally understood that you know, uh, it's 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 a team. <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, if the pitcher either, you know, can't can't make it because he's retired, or maybe he's you know on with some other team and can't, yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever the reason is, you know, you what do you do? You replace the pitcher. And it's understood, and it's yeah. So it's like you know, I think it's like that. I mean, it's like a sports team in a way, and everybody understands. But it's been work, working out. Um, I'm glad that uh, you know, beyond one record, yeah, we we kept it going uh, with with this team, and you know, we're we just you know we, everything happens. We take take it one step at a time. But yeah, I think you know if if it were to go on without somebody for any reason it would, it would be understood okay did um did you ever toy with the idea of just getting in one singer um 
Yeah, I think we, we tossed it around. And uh, I think that, you know, that always could have been an option. But we're all of, you know, those of us that are in bands for a living, you know, we're, <laughs> we're used to music with one singer. We're used to that point. Yeah, we do that. So I think uh, it was just a nice change to, uh, yeah, to, to do to do music for more than one singer. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking, Alex, about the live show more than the studio because you can get all the singers to do the studio stuff now. They can send in their files or even come into the studio to sing. But when you guys are all free... And you can't really bring it on the road because you you have to rely on all the singers to be free as well. Mm-hmm. Right, it's 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 difficult. I mean, I I think for live shows, you know, we know, yeah, there's no way we're ever going to get like an entire lineup from either record, especially the first record, you know, <laughs> all in one uh, at the same place at the same time for some gig. Yeah, with everybody's schedules, it's just not going to happen. But uh, you know, there's there's some overlap. So like Mark Ontegueda, he's our main live singer. Yeah, uh, he's done. Uh, I think pretty much all all the live shows since uh, we started releasing records. And he can cover. <clears throat> he's very diverse. He can cover more than one type of voice. So he has sang the Chuck Billy song. He has sang the Solon Somo song. Uh, he's got you know a few that of of his that he that he's on, and I think that'll that'll continue. I think uh, there's you know there's some other songs on this that are covered by different singers that that he could do as well. Um, and then you know there's other singers that could cover like if uh, um, you know my testament. Compadre Chuck Billy, he's been on a few of the shows, mm-hmm. and like the opening track of uh, this record, the accuser, I could absolutely hear him singing that. <laughs> you know, he's he won't try to sing like Trevor from the Black Dahlia Murder. It's a different voice, but <laughs> uh, his voice would sound great doing that song. Okay, so so you know, we find ways to make it work with uh, you know a smaller uh, cast. Yeah, so, so what on the record? Truth, evil embrace, a 
So what comes first, Alec? Um, do you find out who can sing on the record and then write the song to suit that, or is it the other way around? Uh, it can go either way. Usually, uh, all we're thinking about is music. And does this music sound worth listening to? And uh, would somebody want to sing on it? So, yeah, it's really getting it to the point where, uh, okay, these, you know, these are good sounding riffs. And then hopefully you, yeah, you come up with one part and then you come up with the transition to another part. And then, you know, you have, uh, one, maybe two other transitions and then, a solo section, but at the same time, you know, you don't want to sound it like it. It shouldn't sound like a formula, and it shouldn't sound. It, should, it needs to have a combination of sounding familiar yet yet fresh, and that takes time. So it's really uh, putting all that into the music, and then once uh, that's developed, then you know, I'd say midway to the end of of doing a song musically, then we're we're thinking about vocals, but we don't really make a decision uh, that early in the process. But sometimes by the end of writing a song musically, we have a good idea who the singer is going to be. Yeah. Now, do you have, um, have you had many singers come up and ask you to be on the record? Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's come up a few times. There's, you know, we, uh, we have you know many friends in the uh in the in the music world and most of us do festivals where we run into people and uh yeah, occasionally it'll come up and somebody'll say, Hey, I you know, I heard uh you know, some metal music stars, great great stuff and then uh you know, hey, you know, maybe if we do another one, let's let's talk about it and uh but you know, so it's uh, it's yeah, especially on you know on this second record too. It's much more established, so people we can point to it and say what it is. The first time around was a little tough because you know we're we're trying to describe it. Well, it's an all star band, but not really because it's a different person singing on a track, and it's so many styles. But uh, yeah, I mean, people, you know, the the support out there has, has been great, and I'm yeah. sure if we. Yeah, decide to do another one. We'll have no problem uh, filling the spots. Yeah. So, have you ever? Do you have a vocalist in mind? You, you, this must have gone through your head as you're writing and recording the two records. To bring in, what vocalist would you bring in that's not known for hard rock or metal to sing on one of the songs? Is there anyone you thought of? Well, that's a that's an interesting idea. Um, <laughs> well, we haven't. Yeah, we've really kept it. You know, in the uh, hard rock and metal uh, community. Um, but yeah, wow, that's uh, that's a tough one. I mean, I think uh, yeah, probably somebody who uh, you know has influenced hard rock and metal, like uh, like one example would be like uh, Ann Wilson from Heart. Hmm. Right. I mean, that's not you know you don't really think of her as as metal, uh, especially some of the more pop sounding stuff. But man, yeah, you know, lots of 
metal people love heart and uh you know Al- Alice in Chains has cited them as an influence and being on the, you know from the Seattle scene I I think she sat in with them yeah she did and if I'm not mistaken even James Hetfield who never guessed with anybody even contributed a guest vocal to one of their records so mm. so I think yeah she she would be uh, a no brainer yeah, the, the only reason I'm asking, um, Alex, is you see a lot of people in other genres of music, and they love metal, but they're not necessarily known for metal. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, what another one would be, but uh, uh, Matt Nathanson, who's a you know he he does pretty light pop rock. Well, it's like like light rock, hmm. and uh, you know, fan, I think you know, fans of John Mayer, for example, like him. But he loves metal, grew up on metal, uh, covered a Def Leppard tune, and got the thumbs up from Def Leppard. Um, and he, yeah, he would, he would, I think he, he would be great. He's, he's a great dude. Yeah, we, uh, we communicate online often. And, uh, another one that comes up is, uh, Ryan Adams. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he, and I know he's a, he's a big fan. Um, we have uh, Testament's drummer Gene Hoagland, who you know played in Death, has has heard from him because he's such a <laughs> a fan of Death. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, yeah. I mean, he he would be awesome. Um, and for that matter, Brian Adams with a B, just because I think that that voice he's got he's got a very even though the you know the music's very pop, he's got a tough voice. Yeah, that I think would sound good singing metal. Yeah, you're gonna bring that up with the other guys now, and they'll probably say no way. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll probably get voted down. But hey. <laughs> yeah, so I I can't let you go, Alex, without asking you um, a couple of testament questions. Um, sure. Um, you know the new order is 30 years old this year. Hard to believe, but yes. Yeah. Um, what's your most abiding memory of recording that? Oh gosh. Uh I remember it was very cold. You know, we were in uh upstate New York. Mm-hmm. And even though it was our second time recording there, it was our you know, because we'd done our first record there, um we were still caught off guard by the cold, having grown up um on the west coast of the United States in the San Francisco Bay Area. And uh yeah, I remember doing a uh, the photo shoot for the record. Actually, I really like it. It was the first. Um, I thought that was like the, you know the first photo of the band that I thought really looked professional and red and different. Yeah, uh, it's on the uh, it's it's part of the album. or in front of a tree. Yeah. But yeah, that's a great photo. So I think we really kind of came into our own with that photo. But at the same time, we were freezing. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's the that's the thing I remember most about. It, yeah, more than recording the music. Now, what what about going in there with the material? Because you know, I read your book, and in the book, mm-hmm. you said that I can't remember who who made the phone call, but they said, "Look, you've only got like twenty eight minutes of music." Oh yeah, that God, how could I forget that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a hell of a memory. That was uh yeah, it was John our our pal Johnny Z who yeah. who uh 
you know, gave us the stern talking to uh, that the record wasn't long enough. Um, yeah, you know, also we we were it was a, this period where uh, records were getting longer because of CDs. Mm-hmm. That was right when it started. So we'd still, yeah, we'd grown up with all these these records, and as you know, uh, you know, not that much music could fit on a record. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, vinyl is limited in space, uh, compact discs or not. So you were expected to do more. And it was even in our contract to, uh, to do more. I forget what the contract was, but it was definitely more than that, you know, what we turned in. So we kind of scrambled to put these uh, instrumental tracks together. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's funny now. I would never think of going into the studio without more than enough material. But at that time, you know, it was it was all very new. <clears throat> we were, you know, we were still finding our way and finding out how how to create the music, and it just it took time. I mean, now it's it's a completely different story. Did you did you sit down at all with uh, with Chuck and Eric and talk about maybe doing the record in its entirety this year? Oh yeah, we I think we're, we're planning on it. Um, we're gonna do we're gonna do a couple shows in the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, but they're not confirmed yet, so I can't announce them. Um, but one that is confirmed is in Los Angeles at the uh, Wiltern at the Metal and Beer Festival. Okay, by Decibel. And final question before I leave you go, Alex. Um, Mm -hmm. Is there a Testament song, or maybe a couple of Testament songs that you've never played in years that you'd love to put back in the set? Um, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, One of them is um, Greenhouse Effect. Oh, from Practice, yeah. From Practice Where You Preach, yeah. And uh, in fact, uh, Eric and I have spoken about it 
and we both agree that you know it's it's not only a topical tune, you know, with climate change and everything, but yeah, you know, it's got some great parts in it. Mm-hmm. So you never know; that one could be making a uh, a resurrection at some point. Yeah, yeah. The one I'd love you to do is Agony from um, Oh Agony, Ritual. yeah. Oh yeah. I, in fact, that whole record, I'd like to. <laughs> I'd I'd like to do um, the one tune that we we do uh, pretty often actually is uh, Electric Crown. Yeah. Um, even on this recent tour, we did it on most of the off days and a few of the the big shows. And yeah, people love the tune. So I think I think a lot of that, that record it's just it's it's aged well. Mm-hmm. Like, people who hear it now can't understand why anybody wouldn't like it, but at the time. You know, we were just expected to do mostly like 300 mile an hour fat thrash tunes. Yeah, and yeah, looking back, I I think it would have been politically smart to have included one on there. I would have put one on. Yeah, I at think- that time, but I think I, I at the time I know you know we were just desperate to try something different, and uh, but there's some great stuff on there. I'd like to, I'd love to do uh, so many lives. Yeah, the the sec- yeah, yeah. I think that's the first album of yours and uh, of the first five that had that big sound on it big heavy sound yeah it sounded good it sounded good yeah Yeah. i know you prefer that to souls of black yeah and then i think in a way maybe it was a reaction to souls of black because yeah we weren't happy with the production uh we felt kind of rushed it uh it didn't it was our first record to sell less than the predecessor, the previous one. Uh, so the fans weren't that happy. So I thought, oh, okay, you know, it just made sense to do something really different. But I think, uh, you know, looking back, I think we, it would have been great to have that sound and, you know, all the, the, the key tracks like Electric Crown and So Many Lies and the title track. But also have have some really fast tunes to throw some red meat to the the fans that like the really early stuff too. Yeah. So have, have you already started um, talking about writing the next Testament record? Yeah, I would describe uh, the next record as percolating. Okay. At this point. Okay. You know, we we go through these phases where uh, we, um, you know, first we have to talk. We have to decide to do it and uh it's also it's usually not realistic to work on testament music while touring i mean because yeah we put i can speak for myself and i think for everybody else you know you put everything that day the day you have a performance you put everything into the performance and creating music is really a different headspace So, you know, I've come up with a few parts on the on the road and I've talked to Eric about it. He he has as well. But we both agree, you know, every every day, just as you're starting to get into that creative space, the show is looming. <laughs> and you have to get into performance mode and play your best and perform your best. So yeah, well, um now that we're off the road, uh even though you know, I'm I'm doing uh I have a new trio album coming out the same day as Metal Allegiance. <laughs> and you know, I'm busy with both those projects. It's since I'm not on tour, 
doing a big testament show every night. It's actually much easier for me to get worked up. Okay. So, uh, uh, but we have decided. Yeah, we have to. We what our goal is to finish a record, and for it to come out next year, which means you have to turn it in in the first half of the year. Mm-hmm. So you know. So on the one hand, yes, we're kind of letting the ideas happen. We're not jumping into it, but we also recognize that yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to do this. We're gonna have to. Write write down as many ideas as we can and get them together and you know turn turn it into a record. Yeah. So so Alex, before I leave you go, do you want to give out all the uh, the social media sites where people can get in touch with you or the band? Sure, sure. Uh, people can follow me on Twitter at uh, at Alex Kolnick. Um, I I registered Twitter when it was new, so so I don't have one of those weird. Twitter handles. <laughs> so I feel very fortunate. <laughs> and my Instagram as well, at uh, Alex Coleman. And uh, my Facebook page, that you can like me, at uh, Alex Colnick. Sorry, uh, Alex Colnick official fan page. Okay. And there are also pages for uh, Alex Colnick Trio. Um, and of course, yeah, Metal Legions has its own page. Uh, the Testament one, most of the Testament social media is Testament Legions. Okay. Because Testament, uh, the word Testament is a common word often used by religious groups. Yeah. So, we, yeah. so, so what you're so telling, just, so what you're telling me, Alex, is you're out there everywhere. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm easy to find, or you can just Google. Alex Golick and all this stuff will come up. Okay, well, I'll I'll be honest, Alex. The new album's brilliant, and I wish I could oh, thank get. Thank you so much. I wish I could get to the show in New York next month. I can't. I can't make it down. I'd love to go. Oh, uh, understood. understood. Yeah. Well, hopefully, so, we'll come out to your neck of the woods. And I, I'll be I'll be definitely there. So I'll leave you go, and so have a good rest of the day. Okay, Thanks good. for talking to me. Thanks. Thanks all right, Alex. All right. Yeah, what's up?
As always, big thanks to Alex Skolnick. Always great to have him on the show. And you know, it's kind of weird, but when I was editing up the interview with the, with Alex for the show, and sometimes when he would laugh and talk, it was like, holy crap. Sometimes he sounds just like Snowy from uh, Radioactive Metal. Anyways, decided to round that one out by playing the agony off of The Ritual, since that came up and uh, got Alex all excited, and it's one of Richie's favorite tracks. Why not end it on... Uh, on that note, right? And Alex, of course, gave out all kinds of hits for uh, ways to get a hold of him up on the net. So uh, please do yourself a favor and do that. And definitely do yourself a favor and pick up the latest from Metal Allegiance, Metal Allegiance Volume 2, Power Drunk Majesty. And in case you're curious, second track that we played off of that was uh, the song called Mother of Sin, featuring another East Coast metaler, Bobby Blitz from Overkill. Hey, this is Mark Tremonti from Tremonti, and you're tuned in to Focus on Metal. That's right. Once again, we have guitarist Mark Tremonti on the show this week. And uh, he's here to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. Came on primarily to talk about uh, the latest book that's coming out, or his only book that's coming out. It, uh, it coincides with the latest Tremonti release, A Dying Machine. And with that being a concept album, there's actually an entire book that goes along with the album. So Mark's on the show to talk about the book, you know, when it's available, how many of them are available, as well as some insight into the A Dying Machine album and the tour. And, uh, you know, good news, you'll find out in the interview that they are definitely playing a lot of new material on the uh, Tremonti tour off of A Dying Machine. So that's very cool. And then also, Mark is uh, following up on that with uh, some talk with Richie about the latest Alter Bridge release that came out on uh, Friday called Live at Royal Albert Hall. So all good stuff. And of course, Richie kicks it off with uh, his latest favorite question to ask guitarists. You heard him talk to Alex all about it, how many guitars he's got in the house. And uh, he kicks off the chat with Mark talking about that as well. And I just happen to be sitting here mixing and looking at my uh, my PRS, a 30th anniversary prototype that Mark was uh, very interested in getting his hands on. But, uh, you know, he's got the, his own uh, Mark Tremonti model, which I'm also very interested in getting my hands on. But I'm not willing to trade my uh, 30th anniversary proto for a Tremonti model. For those of you that are really digging the PRS and like the old Mark Tremonti model, PRS has reissued that one in, uh, in the SE version, always like that original black version of Mark's guitar. Although, I really do wish that uh, PRS would put them... Uh put their heads together and figure out a way of uh, marketing and putting out the uh, the other proto that Mark plays on tour. Very, very cool guitar. When we, uh, when we saw Alter Bridge, uh, I think last year, uh, my girlfriend happened to notice that one and she's like, ah, you want that guitar, don't you? And I was like, yeah. And, I, and then I went on to explain about it and she just kind of gave me that look like, all right, you've got enough guitars. So yeah, it might be uh, pretty safe to assume that uh, my uh, massive amount of guitars that I happen to have is probably a fair uh, inspiration or even maybe a source of a source of uh, sarcasm from Richie back at uh, how guitarists like to collect guitars. But anyways, what do you say we spin a little bit of the newest Tremonti? And from there, we will slide right into uh, Richie's very cool chat with Mark Tremonti.
Hey, Mark. Hey, Richie. How are you? Good to talk to you again. Good to talk to you, man. Yeah, I believe you uh, you played a show in Ireland since the last time I spoke to you. Oh, yeah. We played a few. Yeah. Absolutely. We just played uh, just played two last month. Okay, yeah. A couple of my friends from back home went, went, to, went to one of the shows. Nice. Yeah. So you did the um, you did the festival circuit as well, did you? Yeah, we did uh, we did festivals. We did some we did uh, Iron Maiden support and uh, just our own shows. Okay, did you get it? We're there for seven weeks. Oh, nice! Did you get a chance to see Iron Maiden? Oh yeah, I mean we we did a whole bunch of shows with them, so we got to see them every night. Wow! And that's on the um, the Legacy of the Beast, the, the new tour. Oh yeah, that set Absolutely. list that set list is awesome. Oh, it sure is. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, yeah. So, do you have any particular festival in Europe that you re- really look forward to playing? Uh geez, they're um, they all have their own special thing about them. I think um, Download Festival is always kind of the uh, one of the very always been very important to us. Um, Grass Pop has been very huge for us. That's always. You always look forward to that one because that always gets televised every year and it's a massive crowd. Um, this year playing Vakken, that was the first time there. I absolutely loved it. Um, we got to play in a-, a festival in Athens, Greece this year. That was one of my favorites of the year. Um, we missed out on Rock and Ring and Rock and Park, but we'll be hitting it next summer. Um, I mean, I, they're all, you can't go wrong with, with it, with a rock festival. They've all been, it's yeah. all incredible. Yeah, I, I know Miles was um was doing festival shows the same time you were over there and one of the festivals he did, he did the Steelhouse Festival in, in Wales. And um I've spoken to last week I spoke to Glenn Hughes and he played it and he sang with Miles at the end of it. And Dean Castronovo, the drummer for he used to drum with Journeys with the Dead Daisies now, they couldn't get there because the weather was so bad. Now What's the worst outdoor weather you've played in? Um, I think uh, a lot of times they, they cancel nowadays because of you know people people getting struck by lightning. We did a show, gosh, last year. I remember um, Anthrax was on the bill. Um, uh, gosh, and we, we ended up being the first band to play that day because they had kept people you know, off in the field for so long. I can't remember what city it was in the United States, but it was uh, pretty bad weather all day long. But, um, gosh, we were just over in, uh, it might've been, it might've been Greece actually, that, that there was a big lightning storm coming through or, Bul- no, I'm sorry, it was Bulgaria. We were in Bulgaria and a big lightning storm was coming through and, uh, lightning cracking all over the place and the crowd was just cheering. You know, they probably told them all to leave, but they were just cheering, staying put. Um, it rained like crazy, and then uh, when we hit the stage, uh, it cleared up. So it was it kind of worked out. Nobody got hurt. It worked out just right. Nice, nice. So one of the questions I've never asked you, um, and I normally ask the guitar players this question, how many guitars do you think you have in your house? Uh, you know, I don't really keep that many in my house. Right now I probably have... Um, Maybe eight. Okay. Do you um do you collect them? Um, I don't. I'm not really a guitar collector. I'm an amp collector. Uh, so it's uh, the the guitars I have are strictly for use. You know, all my guitars are touring guitars. 
the ones that aren't touring guitars are just ones that, um, you know, I need a Fender Strat to mess around with or a Telecaster or a Martin acoustic or, uh, you know, the, you know, acoustic with nylon strings to mess around with, you know, flamenco style stuff. Mm-hmm. But mostly it's, it's no nonsense, just my signature model PRS that I have to, to tour with. Yeah. Is there, is there a particular guitar you'll pick up to write Tremonti stuff and like you won't, you'll just write Tremonti with that and then there's other ones you'll write the Alter Bridge stuff with? Or do you just pick up the one that's nearest to you? No, I just play, uh, I just play my signature model with mostly when I'm writing. You know, that's, that's kind of my go to and I write everything with that. Uh, so I'm not using that. Um, you know, I have a few acoustics that I like to pick up and write with. Okay. Um, but that's that's pretty much it. I, I like to write on my signature model because I know that's what I'm going to be recording and performing with. And that's my go-to. Okay. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more, Mark, about the book. Um, I believe it's coming out in early September. Yeah, it should be. It's at the printer right now. They said it's going to be either the 26th or 29th. Uh, so it's coming up real soon that it's going to be printed and then it'll be in the mail to everybody. So. Yeah. Depending on where everybody is in the world, it's we're gonna hopefully those things will get shipped off as quick as possible. So I'm I'm really excited for people to read it. Yeah, because one of the things I've asked you in the past is, do you get nervous when a new album comes out? And the answer you gave me the last time was, you don't get nervous, you get excited. But are you nervous this time because it's something new for you, a book rather than an album? No, I'm 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 just or more just. Just as excited or more excited about it because it's the first time. You know, it's uh, I'm very proud of it, very happy with it. I'm, I'm I'm sad that the creation creative process is done. You know, I hope I hope people enjoy it. I hope it's, it's a success just so I can do it again. You know, it's uh, it's been such a fun process, and uh, I really look forward to doing it again. Hopefully, yeah. And are you going to do an audio book for this, or is it just going to be a physical copy? At this point, we're just doing a, a limited run of the book, and then uh, when uh, when when this limited run's done, we're going to shop publishing houses. And if that, if like if we land a publishing deal, then they'll do whatever they feel fit, you know. But for now, they you know our agents up at uh, U- uh, UTA, they uh, their advice was just just do a small limited run because um, if you sell too many of these things, uh, it's hard to kind of get a publishing house to get behind you because you've already sold all the all the books. So they want to want to keep it limited so they get excited about it. And then if they do the audio book, they do it. If, uh, but we're not going to do it right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm just wondering, was that something you'd like to, if you if you did it, would you like to read it? No, I'd have somebody else read it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate the sound of my own voice. That's why I've, I didn't sing until now. Okay. Okay, so are you going to have the book on sale when you go out in the in the states next month on tour? Uh, maybe we might sell just a few of them on the road. Uh, like I said, we only did a limited run of them. I, I think most of them might already have been sold, um, but we might take the remainder that hasn't been sold and sell them. But there might not be uh, many left at this point. Yeah, and I take it that you're doesn't you can get you or, or John to sign sign the books as well. That's one of the options. Yeah, we're signing. I'm actually. Uh, Spending the next few days here signing uh, two thousand uh, oh. uh, cards to two thousand. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> two thousand. Yep. Yeah, you're gonna have a sore hand after doing that. <laughs> no, I'm used to it. I just did. Uh, I don't know how many thousands of the Royal Albert Hall um, signings that I just finished. So I jumped from one to the next. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
So you do you do actually want to do another book? Do you think there you'd like to do a series of books on this story, or just do something completely different? Uh, I think it would make most sense if the next next one would follow up with this story, and it, and then uh, after that, I'd, I'd, if that was uh, some somewhat of a success, I'd kind of go in a different route next time. Yeah, yeah. So, so how many songs, Mark, did you end up? Um, putting in the set from from a dying machine so far we've had eight. Oh, you've done um, oh good yeah yeah so we're going to keep on adding them in there and hopefully eventually before this cycle's over we'll have played all of them fantastic i i love artists that do that personally um you know they don't want to just play all all the older songs that they want to challenge the audience so i'm really glad you're doing that yeah you know it's you know it's mostly because it's our favorite uh collection of, of tunes yet so i think uh you know at some point even in the future we might just do a, a night where it's we play from start to finish yeah it must be tough if you're doing ace to pick the ones that you're leaving off because you're doing so much of it yeah you know we just we just kind of lengthen the night you know now we're doing uh i think we the last set we did was about 19 tracks wow so so it's it's just getting longer and uh you know, a lot of people are going to be upset if they don't hear some of their favorites. So if we played more of the new songs, we're going to have to continue to play these old songs just to make the set list longer. <laughs> that's it. That's if you don't have a curfew. Yeah. Um, what about when you play support? Is it do you just play all the new songs, or do you, do you mix in the old ones as well? Um, we've been playing so you know maybe three new songs from the support slots. So it's going to keep it you know keep it high energy. That whatever songs kind of go over best first listen so we've uh you know we have uh with iron maiden we were doing a 50 minute set and uh i think we played three new songs out of that set nice nice minutes mark talking to you about the um the live at the royal albert hall uh 
CD that's, and DVD that's going to be coming out. Mm -hmm. um, after what particular Alter Bridge record did you guys sit around and say to each other, you know what, I'd love to hear some of this with an orchestra? Uh, it was actually when we were on tour after doing the last year a record. Um, actually, our manager, Tim, had said, uh, you know, we've got this record coming out, we've got all this other stuff going on, and we're doing well, but uh, what could we do to kind of challenge ourselves to do something different, push push the needle and and, um, and do something that challenges us. And he said, what about doing it? And at first, at first I was like, ah, you know, I don't know. That that could be, that could go really bad. It could be really cheesy. Um, you know, it's, it, it could be great, but it could also be bad. And then uh, the more we thought about it, like, you know what, if we did that, we would have to make our set list fit that and let's not just play a heavy metal set to with an orchestra just let's let's make an atmospheric set with songs that breathe and have atmosphere and have space mm -hmm. and are more suiting to the orchestra so that's what we did and we challenged ourselves to play a set we've never played before a lot of songs we had played uh some of the songs we've maybe played just a handful of times so we put together a very very two hour long set list of of uh songs that we really hadn't played that much. You know, some of them we had, but a lot of them were a big challenge to put in there. So, yeah, uh, we tackled it, and I'm glad we did. Yeah, now, was the Royal Albert Hall the only place you mentioned to play this, or was there other venues? That was just the, uh, that was the perfect place to do it. Classy, um, beautiful venue. Um, has just such a, it's just such an honor to play there. And if you're going to do something that's, you know, with an orchestra, that that just seemed the proper fit. And and uh, London is just such a home base for this band as well that that uh, it made sense. Yeah, had any of you guys been to the Royal Albert Hall before or played there? I went there once. Um, we had we were playing. Uh, I don't know if it was when we were playing Madison Square Garden um, the next day or something, but we were at the hotel lobby bar and I ran into some of the guys from uh, John Mayer's band, and they were playing. Um, well, Albert that night they invited us out to the show so we went out to see, see them play and I uh, just remember just how, how classy that venue was and, uh, that was the only time I'd been there before we played it yeah now, now what, what how does this the process of this work like you got Simon Dobson I believe is the, was the conductor do you just hand mm -hmm. them the, hand them all your CDs and then he goes off and writes the orchestration and you don't hear what he's done until rehearsal no, they sent them, uh, so we gave them a set list. And then Simon and uh, one or two other, he had help with one or two other folks to help them um, orchestrate the stuff. And they would give us, um, you know, the, the sheet music for all the instruments. And then um, we would plug that into a synthetic program so we, where we could hear the hear it played um, synthetically, you know, and... Uh, hear how it fit after after three or four songs we we kind of like you know what they're knocking it out of the park let's just uh let's just do this i thought with each and every song we'd have to pick it apart say i don't like this violin, violin part i don't like this oboe part or whatnot but everything they turned in was perfect and uh we just kind of let them go with it from that point and when we got to rehearsals that was just another checks and balances where we'd say ah if we hear something in rehearsals we can kind of dress it then we didn't realize until rehearsals that uh, we only got through each song one time before we 
performed this in front of all these people and filmed it. So it's, uh, yeah, well, you know, kind of, kind of came together. Uh, uh, I'm glad it, it, it worked out because it was, uh, it could have gone very wrong. Yeah. Was there any particular song you remember handing to Simon and you were a bit worried about if it would work or not? Um, all of them, you know, it's, wow. uh, I think, we, I think we, I think some of the songs like Blackbird, Cry the Achilles and some of the more, um, songs you would call like epic, the bigger, longer, uh, dramatic songs we thought would work good with an orchestra. But, uh, for the most part, some of the heavier stuff we didn't want, you know, we, we didn't want it to seem forced and, uh, we were very happy with the way it turned out. Yeah. I think with the heavier, faster songs, um, it's harder to find the spaces for the orchestra, so you don't know whether yeah. they're just playing what you're playing, or you, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Exactly. That's that's why we fashioned the set list to fit the night, and uh, we cut out a lot of the heavy, fast stuff. You know, songs like "Addicted to Pain" made it, but uh, we've already released that video online, and, and everybody loved it, and we thought it turned out great for a heavy, fast song. But uh, you know, we didn't play some, you know, like a "Ties That Bind" or whatnot for with the with the orchestra. It's just, yeah, it's just too too fast paced to let anybody really hear what that orchestra is doing. It's, uh, it would have been, been a waste of all that talent and time to, 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 to hide what they were doing. Yeah. Did you get any other offers after you did this to maybe repeat it in another country? Uh, we've hinted about it, you know, about uh, maybe, you know, showing up when we come back to Falter Bridge, maybe doing some, uh, some shows, maybe some, even some festivals or whatnot, but it, it might be, uh, it might be somewhere down the road. I don't think it's going to be a, a tour of us doing it, but it might be some special events. Yeah. And what the next Alter Bridge album now, after doing something like this, would is orchestration something you'd like to maybe put on a couple of tracks in the future? No, I think we'll keep the keep the record, you know, just, just a, a rock band. But, you know, in every record we do, we always have uh, backing tracks of, of violin or you know, stuff that supports the sound, but are very hidden. So it's every, most bands do it, you know, but it's just not something that's really, um, loud in the mix. Yeah. Um, did you get a chance to talk to many of the members of the orchestra? Like, were a lot of them aware of who you were? Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, we, we really didn't get much time because it was two days of rehearsals and we thought we'd get through the set multiple times, but, but everything was so, it was, uh, we only got through each song really once. So we didn't really have a lot of downtime. It was just kind of in passing. You know, there, there was a lot of them in the orchestra. So it was just, hi, how you doing? There's not a lot of, until the show actually happened. Um, we didn't really get to relax and sit down and have a drink and, and whatnot. So it was, it was just a lot of, um, nerves and, uh, and hard work to get it on stage. And once Simon, you know, Simon though, you know, we, we spoke with Simon a lot, you know, cause he was, uh, the conductor and and uh, everybody else was kind of just trying to focus, you know, focus on what they had to do, and there wasn't a lot of downtime. Yeah, yeah, because I'm sure now you're normally on stage. There's maybe a couple of guitars, drums, and a bass, and now you're putting in your ear, in ears and you're hearing all these other instruments. It must have been like holy shit. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> I don't have. Uh, I don't use in ears, so we had them pumping through the side fill. So I had an orchestra coming through the side fills. The first night they were kind of quiet, so the next night I had to turn it way up. Oh my god! Um, so when you're on stage and you hit that and you hear that orchestra pounding behind you, it was 
it was definitely one of the coolest things I've experienced. Yeah, it must be like a tick the box moment to have an orchestra play to the songs that you wrote. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah it's it's you know if somebody would I couldn't even explain how good it felt because it's something you have to experience for yourself. It's just one of those things. I put so much passion into the music that I write and the music that you know all the guys feel the same way. The music that we put out. Uh, it's such a passionate thing for us. When you hear that, your your songs sound that much better with all these other people joining and boosting and uh, building those songs up bigger than they've ever been. It's just uh, uh, it's, it's a surreal experience. Yeah. Well, what what sort of a crowd did you get out of Mark? Was it a lot? Was it mostly Alterbridge fans, or would you have gotten like people that are into the classical world as well? No, they were Alterbridge fans, and they were from all over the world. I think all of the uh, you know, people that we see all throughout every every country were flying over for this show. Everybody knew this was going to be an important show for us, and an important show for them to be at. And you know, it's it's great to see when you when we watch the video playback. A lot of our favorite, most recognizable faces that we see at all these shows are right up front, and they're all in the video. So it's just always good to it's always people that support you so much to see themselves in your in your DVDs and, and uh, can watch themselves. And, yeah. Even when they're, they they put screenshots up online and circle their faces and say, look at me in the second row. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, well, Mark, before I leave you go, um, you're going to be playing on my way, I think, next month. You're about half an hour away, so I'm definitely going to get out and see you. Nice. Well, yeah, I'll come say hello. I will. And um, can you let people know where uh, where they can get maybe get hold of the book, what, what all your social media sites and all that? you want to give all them out? Yeah, I mean, if you just go on marktramani.com or fret12.com, um, yeah, the pre-order's still up for that. I, um, but it's, uh, yeah, it might not be for long, because like I said, it's, it's almost done printing, and it should ship out in about nine days. Um, and once the pre-orders are done, I don't know how long it will be until we do another batch of them. Nice, nice. Well, Mark, it's been a pleasure talking to you again. Nice talking to you. And I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Sounds good, man. All right. Have a good rest of the day. Bye. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. There you go, Metalheads, once again, Mark Tremonti, talking all about the brand new Tremonti release, A Dying Machine. And with that, what do you say we play one more track off of there and figured no time like now to play the title track? So here you go, off of Tremonti's new one, A Dying Machine. This is A Dying Machine.
Well, all right. This one ran a little bit longer than uh, we've been normally doing uh, each week. Been trying to keep it into around an hour, but this has kind of gone old school and crept up here. Now we're uh, we're now creeping past an hour fifteen, but all good stuff. Definitely wanted to get the word out on both the new Tremonti album and the book, and also the new Alter Bridge stuff, and of course the Metal Allegiance Volume Two, Power Drunk Majesty has definitely been a good metal September so far. And we have definitely got, like I said, more great stuff on the way coming up this month. Got chats with Jarvis Leatherby about uh, Night Demon and their new live album, as well as what else is going on with Night Demon now and in the future. We've got one of the dudes from Wilson coming on, talking about the brand new Wilson album. Our old buddy Kotak will be dropping by, and he'll be uh, regaling us with the uh, the latest on Kingdom Come. And if uh, if all goes well, and I have every reason to believe it will, we'll be having this guy you may or may not have heard of called uh, KK Downing on the show as well. So a big, big September coming up for you. See if we can pack it all in in the weeks we have left. If not, hey, it's just going to bleed into October. Anyways, uh, thanks a metal shit ton for continuing to listen to us right here each week on Focus on Metal. And as I always say, you can hit us up at, uh, at Facebook. Richie's always on there, and I'm always on the Twitter. And, of course, if you want to find out about all of our older episodes, find out about us, all that good stuff, you can go to focusonmetal.net. And we keep all of our weekly show notes over at focusonmetal.blogspot.com. So that's it. There ain't no more. Stick a fork in it. This puppy is done. So for Richie, myself, and everybody else here at Focus on Metal, have yourselves a great metal week. And until we talk to you again next week, remember... Focus on Metal! Everything else is insignificant. Still here? It's over. Go home.